Hey, Money on the Left and Superstructure listeners, this is Scott Ferguson. I am pleased to introduce yet another teaser from my course on the neoliberal blockbuster, which we've been releasing on our Patreon account for subscribers throughout this year. If you're interested in subscribing, please head on over to patreon.com forward slash MOL superstructure. Today I am introducing in particular my lecture, it's actually a two-part lecture, on RoboCop. This is the 1987 RoboCop by Paul Verhoeven, who's known for other films such as Total Recall, Basic Instinct, um, Black Book, Starship Troopers, Showgirls, and more. Uh, this is not the later remake, which I find to be much less interesting as a film. I think one of the reasons why I like thinking about and talking about and trying to make sense of 1987 RoboCop so much is because it is a parody. It's a parody of not just the neoliberal blockbuster, but the hard body uh, Stallone, Schwarzenegger, um, eight Reagan 80s blockbuster. And in any kind of parody, you know, the, the form has to mimic the thing itself, but also somehow stand out, uh, make, make hyper, hyperbolic gestures uh, such that we know something is being critiqued. I think it's an extraordinary film for how um, brilliantly and hysterically it critiques the uh, ideology of the high Reagan era. It really um, is diagnosing neoliberalism as as neoliberalism is really, um, really, really sinking its teeth into American culture. Uh, but ultimately, as you'll see, I find that it's very on the nose uh, and very self-conscious ways of um, using these hyperbolic action aesthetics where all relationships become about direct material gravity and force and inertia uh, and, and all these other uh, kinds of uh, physics. By, by reducing all relationships to these kinds of physics, it doesn't really break with the blockbuster and in fact ends up kind of naturalizing and aligning uh, itself in its own parody with what today we call the, the rise of the Rust Belt uh, and uh, what some, I think, probably mistakenly called the deindustrialization of um, the Midwest and uh, the Northeast. Anyway, uh, I think this is a fascinating film. I hope you enjoy this little piece of my two-part lecture on it, and I ask you to consider subscribing. So thanks for listening. Check out this clip. the height of the hard body blockbuster action film cycle. It will not be over in 1987, but I would say it's definitely at its height. Robocop is an urban dystopian sci-fi film set in a hyperbolically unequal and crime-ridden Detroit, Michigan. While perhaps suggestive of 
a certain kind of future with futuristic technologies and spaces and buildings, the Detroit of Robocop isn't clearly set in any distant future. Um, if it's the future, which I think most commentators suggest it is, uh, it's a pretty near future. And it's uncomfortably near in the sense that it really feels like an exaggerated 1987 Detroit rather than uh, some kind of, you know, giant leap into some other kind of uh, moment. This film is absolutely self-aware, self-reflexive, and it knows what it's doing by taking on Detroit in particular in this specific socio-historical context. Detroit had been formerly one of the epicenters of a robust white patriarchal manufacturing economy. And in this particular epicenter, we're talking about a focus on auto automotive production. Detroit, however, over the previous decade, entered into a period of decline defined by global competition, uh, an opening up of markets, um, and also closing of plants, downsizing, shipping plants to um, uh, the, the de-unionized South of the United States and even you know, in, um, you know, across borders. Uh, essentially, you know, the, the manufacturers start trying to push back against the gains that workers had made through unions um, and get around union contracts and essentially be able to pay workers elsewhere a whole lot less. So a lot of the plants and machinery were just, they were shut down, they were abandoned and often not even cleaned up. Um, and it left uh, many out of work and uh, whole areas of our, you know, of, of, our, of our cities, our, our industrial cities, kind of left to sit idle and, and decay and, and sometimes literally to rust, right? Especially in an area that focused on the production of steel that was then used to create cars. So, there were a lot of names and terms that came up to describe this process, but the name that really stuck, the, the phrase that stuck, and was describing, yes, this process, but also the region uh, that stretched from the Midwest to the Northeast in these industrial centers, that term is the Rust Belt, right? So taking kind of the imagery of the idle, rusting, machinery and plants um, and kind of using it as a metaphor, um, a stand-in for a, just a general industrial decline, uh, relocation, downsizing, um, etc. Of course, this goes hand in hand with neoliberalization. It's an important part of neoliberalization. Um, and what, what the city governments and, and county governments did in response to this um, was not much. Uh, they let it happen and they didn't 
Um, I mean, they did certain things, but they didn't do enough. And the the kind of industrial and social and economic decay and rusting um, that went on, you could say, was created by those governments that saw money as a private finite thing and they saw themselves as sort of running out of money and either being unwilling uh, or just ignorant uh, to, um, um, you know, other kinds of resources that could be brought to bear. Now, uh, certainly no utopian alternative, but there were other reactions to this, to these industrial uh, models that were popping up in Canada as well. Um, and you can compare and, you know, there were, you know, basically more just ways of handling some of this stuff um, in the Canadian context than in the American context, even if, you know, they're still not working in an MMT paradigm or anything like that. Um, it shows that there were alternatives um, that were not being considered. So when RoboCop, which incidentally was actually shot, like a lot of it was shot in Dallas because I'm sure there were tax incentives and they found all kinds of locations that they could use. But nevertheless, um, when RoboCop decides to, you know, give us a story uh, about Detroit, it knows that it's picking uh, a, a wound, a kind of urban wound that stands in for these dark times, um, this, this rust belt um, that seems like nobody can, can do anything about and can control. Um, and the film just knows it. And it, and it really, I mean, it has just a biting, uh, you know, kind of cold and vicious critique of the, the political, economic, and social logics that are behind the, this, this Rust Belt um, and the, this particular Rust Belt city of Detroit. Uh, <laughs> there's too many examples to list of how this comes through, but I'll just list a, a couple just to kind of get us going. There is a constant cackle of sadistic laughter in this film, this violent film, where characters seem to be taking great pleasure in the pain and suffering caused not just by others, but by broader neoliberal conditions. Um, and, you know, you see this up and down the, the, the class, um, you know, hierarchy in the film, the various characters. Perhaps the bleakest example comes in a faux news interview with a character we meet only once, who we see on the screen is named Keva Rosenberg, who we are, in to we are told is an unemployed person. That's all we get to know. And he says in this kind of crazed yet pained laughter, it's a free society, except there ain't nothing free, cause there's no guarantees, you know? You're on your own. It's the law of the jungle. <laughs> and, you know, it. I mean, it's an incredible performance. It com comes and goes very quickly. Um, and, you know, he's not so much sadistically laughing at others and their pain. He's, he's like, he's like terri terrifyingly, sublimely laughing at how abandoned this world has become. You know, you're on your own. And basically like Reagan and free market promises of freedom and liberty are essentially just a neoliberal uh, system of abandonment. You know, you're on your own, you're totally precarious, you're totally insecure. And this is supposed to resonate in a collective social way, not just, you know, coming from an individual 
um, homeless character. Shallow words, the words we use, and shallow words, sing the 